people who are, you know, in still recovering from the pandemic to be able to to maybe just take a breath, take a step back, not worry about those emotions, those confusing emotions, as much as, you know, what is it that I can learn in this space? Uh, and one of those things typically is what am I bringing into the struggles right now? Welcome to the special Friday edition of Jesus is Real Radio, featuring Pastor Daniel Fusco and host Billy Hallowell. Each week we share a conversation between Daniel and Billy, and sometimes special guests join in. Maybe for you, the past years helped you to get a better idea of how things in your life really are. Well, today, Pastor Daniel and Billy continue their conversation with Tony and Carrie Newhoff about marriage and burnout. Tony asks you to think about the part you play in your struggles, however big or small it might be. Now, here's Pastor Daniel, Billy, Tony, and Carrie with the Friday edition of Jesus Is Real Radio. Now, Tony, speak to this because, like, I thought about you as a divorce lawyer and a, and a mediator for families. I remember when I was at, at Rutgers in New Jersey, my home state, uh, and I went, I was a psych major. So I took an abnormal psych class and, and the, and the professor came in to now listen, because this is an abnormal psych class, you're all going to think you have all of these mental illnesses. So don't come to my office hours wanting to talk that you got this mental illness because you're going to hear all these things. And yeah, you might notice certain things about your personality, but unless it becomes detrimental, now all of a sudden it's like you don't have all of these things. And I, it cracked me up because I'm like, I totally felt like I had everything, like everything they thought I'm like, oh yeah, I got that. I got that. And so I just, I just imagine you in, you know, my twin sister's a lawyer. That's why I asked about arguing because, you know, my twin sister's a lawyer and we would have a disagreement. I'm like, well, I'm not going to argue with you. You're a lawyer. She's like, well, you're a pastor. Not like you're really easy to argue with either, you know, <laughs> but I would laugh. And so, but like, I imagine for you, as you are helping mediate the separation of marriages, the separation of families, right. And then at the same time, you guys have characterized your marriage in that season as pretty unhappy, and how was that all playing together for you? Because you're watching these marriages dissolve. You're watching, you know, I'm sure you're seeing people, you know, maybe some people were more cordial, but a lot of people at that point, they're just mad, they're hurt, they're angry. And, and I imagine as, you know, it, it must have been hard not to, you know, kind of cast that onto what was going on with you and Carrie, even though you might not have even thought about ending your marriage. Can you speak to that a little bit? Sure. Actually, I'm, I, I do need to clarify the timing of it. Okay. So as Carrie and I were in the, in the depths of our marriage struggle, um, I was practicing family law at that point. I wasn't practicing as a divorce attorney then. And 
you know, I can look back on that and say it was a grace. Uh, it was part of God's grace in in my planning and preparing to be a, a divorce attorney uh, one day. But while we were struggling in the depths of it, I wasn't dealing with other families. Yeah, you were. I think um, you said family grief. law. You meant health law, right? You were in health law at the time. I oh, sorry, I meant to say health law. Yeah, I yeah, was yeah, in yeah. health law, oh. not family law. So, uh, so it was later. It was after Carrie and I had turned the corner, and we'd already we were already. I would say a few years into our healing journey before I started out as a, as a divorce attorney. Oh, that's actually really interesting too. So then taking the experience that you had as well, again, not saying that you were at that point in your, but the struggles and being able to take that knowledge into, you know, that sort of profession is really interesting to me. I think that's part of your motivation, right, Tony? Like we got better and you had a motivation to try to help families reduce conflict in the midst of divorce and, uh, mm-hmm. and advocate on behalf of children. And then ultimately that led to this book. Yeah. And so I, I did go into family law with the clear understanding that I was to be there as a, as a peacemaker, you know, I was as somebody who would help the family through their legal arrangements in a way that would um, make sense and bring about peace um, for the parents, for the kids uh, you know, there's a lot of influence that legal counsel has on that process along the way. Uh, so, yes, it was. Um, I, I think it, it. People ask me, you know, how did you reconcile being a Christian and being a, a divorce attorney? Um, but I think it's one of those areas where people are hurting, people are grieving. Uh, it's, uh, I would say, you know, why would you not want the light of Christ in those circumstances? Well, and if something's going to happen either way, whether you're there or not, it's going to happen. And if you can be there, you know, that's a very interesting perspective. You can be there to help that process along. And as you were saying, advocate for the children in the situation, make sure that people are protected in that situation. Mm -hmm. Then what you just said makes perfect sense to me. So now speak about this because, you know, we're, we're recording this right now. It's, you know, the first half of 2021. So, and everyone's gone through this thing that's still going on, this pandemic, right? And so obviously uh, the huge spike in divorces uh, requests going on because the marriage is, you know, all of a sudden you're, you're stuck at home with limited toilet paper with your spouse or whatever. And, and, and that's the final straw for, for some folks, you know, and, and so obviously, you know, there's so much kind of social fallout from that. And then at the same time, Carrie, like with writing at your best, which is, you know, kind of the, Hey, how, how do we come out the other end of this? And obviously, you know, on your podcast, you had Vanderblumen, you know, William Vanderblumen talking about how 2021 is the year of turnover. People are ejecting out of pastoral ministry. I have friends, younger pastors who are like, yeah, I'm stepping out of the, the life of the local church because of the polarization. There's all this stuff going on. And so, you know, both of what you're talking about, these books are so timely because right now people are super crispy. They're super burnt out. You know, marriages are under tremendous pressure, whether it's from the pandemic or the economics of it, or, hey, we're, we have full-time jobs and we're home and we're distant learning our kids. And like, there's so much carnage right now. And in a lot of ways, I think one of the things that you're both doing is you're trying to shift the perspective of the people who are reading these books, like, like, like Tony in your book, that perspective to move from, you know, 
I'm better off alone from, from it's just about me to it being us. And I think Carrie, you're saying, Hey, listen, we, we can't just go a million miles an hour in Jesus name and expect that we're going to be healthy on the other end of it, you know? And so we have to change. So talk a little bit about how the pandemic has kind of exposed some of the kind of the cracks in the foundation and how both from a marriage standpoint and from like a, you know, a, a self-care and, and fulfilling God's will standpoint, you guys are seeing God leading people uh, into kind of uh, fresh growth and new things as opposed to just the inevitable demise of marriages or people and their social and emotional well-being. Yeah, for me, my favorite metaphor for the last 18 months or so, you know, the pandemic, the crisis, everything we've been through, and whatever we go through by the time this actually hits the air, right? It doesn't seem to be uh, letting up anytime soon. There's just weirdness everywhere. Favorite metaphor that I've heard so far is it's like the lake got drained and we finally saw what was at the bottom. And I think that's a very accurate thing. And unfortunately, for a lot of people, for leaders, for couples, for families, uh, it was pretty murky and pretty ugly and pretty toxic down below. And Tony and I have talked about, we've been in and out of lockdown. We're Toronto-based for the better part of a year. (laughs) We, you know, America's opening up. Canada's been kind of lagging behind. And I don't know how many times we've said to each other, thank goodness we like each other now. Like if this had happened in 2006, like, I don't know. I don't know how it would have gone. We may not have made it. Like it would have been, it would have been terrible because you're in these four walls with people that at one time you were in love with, right? Or if you had unhealthy habits going into the pandemic um, and the crisis, they probably just got worse. If you were stress eating, you stress ate more. If you were over an overworker, you overworked more. And so, yeah, coming out now or emerging into whatever the the endemic post-pandemic world will be like, you know, this has actually been, it's been hard. We miss our kids. We miss our parents. We miss people. We've missed all that. And we're, we're, we're devastated over the carnage. But for the two of us, it's been a really good year. It's been a really good season. We've grown closer. I'm off the road. Um, all those, you know, Tony uses the metaphor, and I, I don't want to speak for you, Tony, but you talk about, you know, if you don't like the harvest you're getting, sow new seeds. So 15 years ago, we started sowing new seeds. And over the last 18 months, those have been growing up. So from my perspective, you know, getting emotionally healthy, learning how to live at your best by focusing your time, leveraging your energy, not letting your priorities get hijacked. And, and they got all tested during the pandemic. But I have a an even better pace. I love my pace before the pandemic. I like it even more now. And I'm making changes. I loved our marriage before the pandemic. We've grown even closer. So yeah, we've had a few days where we were not best friends or didn't feel like best friends. We had a few arguments, but, and, and the hope going into this, and this, this is what I fear we lose. We had a great opportunity for a reset. We had a great opportunity for a reset as human beings, for a reset as organizations, for churches. And I think so many leaders are focused on, oh, I just got to go back to normal. Well, don't. Like, if you don't like the harvest you've been getting for the last 18 months, sow some new seeds and I think you can get some new rhythms in your life. And I think you can get some new habits and, and things in your marriage. They're going to make it better. So we've actually been the beneficiary in these last 18 months of the hard soul breaking work that we've been doing 15 years ago. Tone, do you have any take on that? Like that's, that's my perception. Yeah, I agree that this is 
a, a season of harvest for us, and, and I'm grateful for that. I give Jesus the glory for that. Uh, I'm also I'm thinking of the people who are listening who are in that place where we were, where they're just really really struggling. And I remember what it was like to be at the place where uh, any move you make feels like damage control. Mm -hmm. You know, I perceive two different options, you know, and, and, you know, I would say, typically we hear about, you know, should I stay or should I go from people who are really struggling? And, you know, staying might feel like signing up for a lifetime of misery, but going has all the implications of separating that you know, we, we know from our experience in our lives. So, um, so in that place, I, I know what it feels like. And I want people who are, you know, in still recovering from the pandemic to be able to, to maybe just take a breath, take a step back, not worry about those emotions, those confusing emotions, as much as, you know, what is it that I can learn in this space? Uh, and one of those things typically is what am I bringing into the struggles right now? And I, I think in that really confusing place where things aren't going well, marriage is really struggling. It's a common theme that I saw not only for our lives, but also so many clients that I worked with where you believe that it's mainly my spouse's fault that we're going through all of this. Yes, I'm not perfect. Yes, I have some weaknesses, but the main part of the blame is his or hers. And when you're in that confusing place, it's so common to, to see your spouse that way. It's like we put on these glasses, these victim story glasses that uh, they're the wrong prescription. So all you can see are blurry images and you, you lose the nuances, you lose the details. And I would encourage anyone who's in that place, you know, post-pandemic, things have been bad, to really go before Jesus and try to absorb the light of Christ, whatever Christ would illuminate in you. Take off, make the effort to take off those victim story glasses and just answer the question of what part am I playing in this? Even if it's a small part, I don't even want to argue over the numbers. Like, I don't care whether it's 5%, 20%, 40%, whatever. I don't care. What is that one part that Jesus shows you that you can actually take action on? And in the process, you don't even have to worry about where this leads in your marriage necessarily right now at this moment. It can just be, how can I become a more loving version of myself by addressing this one thing that Jesus would show me? Well, and both of you are talking about these ideas of there's habits. There's habits in how we process what goes on in our marriages. There's habits on how we get at the work that we're doing. And so can you speak a little bit about the habit of like, like you said, like, what do I bring to the table? Is there other of those habits? Because I think we live in such an immediate culture that like a marriage doesn't hit a really rough patch necessarily in one day. There's things yet, you know, you're sweeping things under the rug and eventually start tripping over the rug or, or sometimes in one bad, dumb, really horrible experience, somebody does something that's so horrendous that just really goes to town on it. And I think in the same way with Carrie, with the discussion of burnout and, and, and really being at your best, you know, really uh, in that green light zone where you're, you're energized, you're finding your passion and all those things. 
there are necessary habits that we have to develop. We have to find those bad habits and, and, and say, so what are some of those for you, whether it be in your marriage or in vocational life that you're like, these are some of the, the key habits that have really uh, paid great dividends by focusing on? Mm, that is such a great question. I'm so glad you asked it. I would think one of the main habits in, in marriage I want to highlight is just sort of skipping over, ignoring, dismissing your spouse's emotions. So, for example, uh, when your spouse is emoting over maybe a meeting, you know, a, a meeting at work that didn't go well, um, they're venting. We can easily jump right into problem solving mode or, you know, say something like, oh, well, you feel that way. You shouldn't feel like that. <laughs> and and meanwhile, that it's so true that if you can identify or even just validate each other's emotions and let it be OK for us to have the emotions we have, uh, it, it builds a stronger connection. So even just noticing whether or not you do that and how you're responding to your spouse's emotions um, can make such a huge difference in how close you feel to each other. Because you have to have that sense of emotional safety. I think from uh, my perspective, probably a big part of it is how you manage your energy. And you hinted at that, you know, green zone, red zone, yellow zone, which I write about in At Your Best. So what I began to realize when, you know, our burnout and the low point, my personal burnout and the low point of our marriage were pretty much at the same time. They were around the same year. It was that season together. And I've spent 15 years sort of building out of that season. And what I noticed is you have 24 equal hours in the day but they don't all feel equal or produce equally. So I'm a morning person and uh, this gets around to some new habits that really help make me healthy and I think really helped our marriage. So old me, pre-burnout, when our marriage was struggling, I would leave it all on the field at work, which was the church. So it's a good thing. And then come home and basically expect to be served. I was out of energy. <laughs> I was tired. You kind of come home. It's like, is dinner ready? It's like, no, the kids are crazy. I'm like, okay, I quit, right? So you don't, you, like I had, I had all this energy that I was pouring into work, but I wasn't pouring that into our marriage. I wasn't pouring that into, you know, parenting sometimes, but I was just too tired at the end of the day. So I started to rethink my energy. And what I've started to do is divide my day, and this is what I encourage people to do, into three zones, green, yellow, red. Green zone is about three to five hours that most of us have every day where we're at our best. So for me, it's morning. I'm a morning person. I don't know. Are you a night owl? Billy, Daniel, what, what about you guys? Night owl? I'm, I'm kind of both. Like I can do well in the morning, I, but I also will go back at night. But I don't know that it's optimal that I go back at night to do work. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, so I don't robot. mind it. Great. How about you, Daniel? Um, I can't do that. That's incredible. <laughs> Good for you. What are you? Morning, evening, midday? Yeah, so I'm 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 pretty much an all day to the wall person. So I'm I'm like when do you really, get tired. When do you get tired? So I was a kid when I was growing up that they would find me in the corner of a of a room sleeping. So I, like my my youngest, my seven year old is is like me as a little person, and she goes hard all day, and then she's just out. Like it's like she's got an like on you off. Put your head down. Yeah, on she's off. got an on, on off, really? and that's it. And so I'm in that, I'm in that place too. And, and I don't, or in the morning or afternoon. Yeah. So I get, I get tired at about 11 o'clock at night and, and I get up at five wow. in the morning. 
So, but like okay. it's, but I'm just going to say it out loud for Billy and I, we are not healthy. This is not, this no, is, no, not, it's good. not, this good. is not good. We're human beings. It's um, not good. Yeah. 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 No, that, that was me before I burned out. Right. Tony, I almost didn't have an off switch. <laughs> mm-hmm. What I've realized now is my energy because time management gets you to some level, but I have focused a lot on energy management over the last 15 years, which is 10x my productivity it made me a better human to live with and what i find is for most of us and you can look at cal newport's work claire diaz ortiz other researchers three to five hours a day of top productivity so if you're writing a message if you're a preacher if you're writing a book like i am you can't write a book 18 hours a day the ideas don't flow so for me it's the morning and daniel pink in his book when says like something like 16% of the population are morning people. And then you got night owls. So you got a bunch of people who are night owls. And then the majority of the population is somewhere between 10 and four, they peak in the day where it's like early afternoons are really great for me, but think green, yellow, red. So green, my green zone hours are in the morning from about 7am to 11am. And then red zone for me, when I get really tired, about four o'clock, four to six, I'm like, I either need to exercise or have a nap one of the two, or you're sitting in a meeting going, somebody feed me more caffeine. And most of us can relate to that, right? It's like, and if you notice that these are regular patterns and then yellow zone is everything in between. So what I've started doing is I've started using my green zone to do what I'm best at. So that's where I'll have my devotion time in the morning. I used to have it at night. I had eight hour prayers. I'd start praying. I'd wake up eight hours later. Then you say, amen, right? First thing in the morning. So that wasn't very good. So now now I do that. And then what I noticed is I need to bring Tony some of my best hours on a day off, not my worst hours. So if I do all my odd jobs on a Saturday morning, get the lawn cut, get the cars washed, get whatever needs to be done, done. And then Tony's like, let's hang out. Usually by three o'clock in the afternoon, I'm tired. So why don't I give her some of my best energy? And so when I started managing my energy, not just my time, that's when my personal productivity soared and I became a lot better rested because I'm at my most kind when I have the most margin and it created margin in my life. So I think that's been a huge part of the turnaround personally and relationally, as well as vocationally, where it's just proved to be far more than I ever would have imagined. Well, I hope right now that everyone who's listening to this, like, I'm just going to like stop for a second and say, what Tony and Carrie just shared is like, we all felt convicted in different ways when we heard that. So when Tony said we need to be able to honor the emotional emoting of our significant other, it doesn't matter if we agree with it, don't fix it, but like be there. Okay. So like, I want to let that land for a second. Like right as she said, I'm like, gosh, I have to, I have to work on that. I have to do. And then, so that's very powerful. And then carry that awareness of, There are times when you're at your best and there's times when you're not at your best and make sure you give your spouse some of that best time. It's like, I just imagine if each one of us were just to grab the hold of like, if that's all you hear from this, all that we've talked about, we're talking about today, right there, there is so much there to, cause I think what we have a tendency to do and, and, you know, Carrie said it that like from our work, we give our work the best time and we come home and we have nothing left for our families. You know, and, and then it's like, so they get, they get the, the gruff edge, the, you always said, I'm the, I'm the most kind carry when we, when I have the most margin, mm-hmm. it's like you guys listen, who are listening or watching this, this is powerful. Jesus is real. Pastor Daniel summed up two incredible takeaways from today's time. 
First, Tony encouraged you to notice what's going on with your spouse and try not to dismiss their emotions. Don't discount them or quickly jump into problem-solving mode. Also, Carrie explained that there are times when you have more energy than others. He urged you to create margin so that some of your best time is spent on your family and the things that matter most. While our time with you on Jesus is Real Radio may be coming to an end, you don't have to stop learning from God. Visit JesusIsRealRadio.com to dive into Pastor Daniel's teachings from the Bible. And be sure to tune in Monday through Thursday for our weekday edition of Jesus is Real. We'd love to meet you too. Find out more about how you can join us at Crossroads Community Church when you visit JesusIsRealRadio.com. Join us next Friday when Pastor Daniel and Billy continue this conversation with Tony and Carrie Newhoff. They have some amazing insight to share with you about marriage and burnout. Carrie will share about how changing his perspective on time and energy has transformed his life. He'll explain how he manages his day so that he can be fully there for the people in his life and have energy to give. Well, that's all we have time for on this special Friday edition of Jesus Is Real Radio. For more information, visit JesusIsRealRadio.com. Today's broadcast was produced from the Crazy Happy Podcast with Pastor Daniel Fusco and host Billy Hallowell. Be sure to subscribe to the Crazy Happy Podcast today and be sure to join us again for another edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.